Come on, y'all didn't know they had hip-hop in the Bible? How many like that clip? That's pretty cool, right? It's just to wake you up is what it is, keep the blood flowing. No, we're showing the gaps and the transitions of all the different times. Bro, I don't know if you know, that's dad, 1976, preaching right there. That's pretty cool. That's my dad, November 1976, preaching. And um, these last four weeks, we've been going through this old church, and that's how you got to say it, this old church with your Zorro snap. And uh, we're in the final week. I want to give you this passage. Before you take your seats, we believe it's reverent to stand for God's word because it's life and life-giving. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. Paul is giving instruction to Timothy who's following in Paul's footsteps. You know you got to keep investing in the next generation if you want the kingdom to keep moving forward. And so Paul is investing in Timothy, giving instruction here about the mission of the church, about the mission of God's people. It's not the mission of the pastor. It's not the mission of the volunteers. It's the mission of the body of Christ that takes the gospel into the world and into the next generation until God takes his family back to the kingdom forever. Verse 14, he says, although I hope to come to you soon, I am writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God. God's household is the church of the living God. I love that. God, his household, the pillar and foundation of the truth. It's to, it's to be the pillar and the foundation of truth. That means truth is the cement you stand on in God's kingdom. And if you take away truth, you have quicksand, the Bible says. Verse 16 says, beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. And he quotes here, he appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, and was believed on in the world. King James says, this is, new, this is new International, but King James says, was received up into glory. Y'all may take your seats this morning in this final week. He was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, and was taken up in glory. Excuse me, I spoke that backwards. KJV says received so receive, taken up. And I'm going to come back to that. But before I do, I want to give you a little touch about this baptism we're doing. This is like the greatest thing that, you know, it doesn't matter who comes to church per se, but baptisms are like the best part of the job. Baptisms are exciting to see. And if you've never seen one, we're doing three today. We had four. Someone had to have um, a procedure and we're going to, we're going to, get her done uh, privately. We don't have to do it on baptism Sunday. If you want to get baptized, I've baptized someone who was struggling in the hospital in that pool right there that no one else knew about. It's about you and your walk with God. And if you're ready to publicly profess the change that God is making in your heart, we'll baptize you. But we're excited today. How many are excited for that? There's a big old baptismal. It's been used one time. It's still shiny sitting back there, ready to go. Thank you, Corona, 
in the shed season it lived in, but it's still new. So we hose that thing down and it's back in business. But when we go to do our baptism today, we're shooting for 12 o'clock. So there'll be a little bit of a delay, but that's so people can like put on their swimming trunks and all that. And then when you go out, you want to go out this back door, possibly. That's the fastest way. Don't go out back there because it will set off the alarms. And there's a chair that says, please don't use this doors. That's why. Or if you really want to get the calorie burn on, you can go out the front and walk yourselves all the way around. I drove my truck up on the field yesterday. It was so cool. But I felt like I was breaking a rule. So I was like talking really quiet to my phone, making a video like that would make a difference. Because I was way too lazy to walk that baptismal 80 feet. So back to the message of the day. Preach, believe, and receive. Receive is, is a big deal. It's a, the, the scripture's talking about when Jesus was preached, believed on, and then taken up into his glory through the ascension after the resurrection. But everything God does in his Bible plan is a reflection or a mirror to what we should do. So just like God received back the promise into the heavens, we are to receive what the preacher gives after we have believed on it. And if we quit receiving or taking it up, it can't root in the garden. And this series has been really cool because if you've missed the other three weeks, I want to give you a quick recap. We were looking at different time periods of this old church. This old church, we started with the book of Acts, which was the brand new church. And that theme was all things new is because it was the first church. They didn't even know what church was. There was no one to judge how they were doing church because there had never been one. So that's why it was like pretty cool. And then we fast forward because we only had four weeks all the way to the seventies, which was my, my dad's era. And we, we talked about that era was bold and brave. There was no politically correct gentleness about being honest with God's word. We, 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 we always deliver it with grace and love, but there was no fear to give God's word. And so they were bold and brave. And then last week we looked at the current era, which is, is what I know because it's all technology based. And it says, are you online today was the message, meaning that if you're not online in today's world, you can't really do much of anything. It's like, it's like our lifeline and how that can be a detriment to our Christian walk. And we even said that maybe Maybe God prefers dial-up modems, not high speed. Because when you're going too fast, you become insensitive, numb, and you don't really pick up anything. It's like when I listen to audible.com books and I fast forward it to like so fast, I can't even, it sounds like the chipmunk singing. I think I'll get more, but it's so fast, I'm not retaining anything. But the series has been good. And so today it's about how do we bring it all together? What is the common denominator across all the time periods that keeps this thing working day by day, that keeps the church growing day by day. Even in seasons of drought, businesses face, so do churches, and they, they, they keep plowing in the field because eventually the farmer knows that the harvest comes back around. Everything is in seasons. So how do we do that? Well, it starts with preaching. Someone's got to preach the word. Someone's got to do it. It was meant to preach. It wasn't really meant just to digest by reading. You need someone to preach it in. Preach it. It's biblical. 
And I didn't understand that when I was a kid or, or going to church. I didn't understand it until, well, I started doing this. I started looking at it differently. And I heard, I heard some old school folks and some other things I've been doing say, saying it's got to be preached. And I didn't understand what, it, what they meant. And now I understand it's scriptural that it's meant to be preached, not just read, not just talked about. It's meant to be preached into that soil because it takes repetition, it takes zeal, and it takes fervor. And so God, God will do that through preaching. But I always hated long, windy sermons, and I always checked out, and I think I'll told you this, one of, the, one of the buzzwords that would totally turn me off immediately was, um, lean in, we got a lot to cover. That means I was like thinking, okay, I'm already checked out. So I try not to word, use the word lean in, and I definitely don't say we have a lot to cover, <laughs> because that's my go-to for detach, disconnect. But I look at it different now, because I understand the gospel different now. And it took, I'm 42. It took 42 years for that to happen in me. I was maybe 38 when I really started getting that thing. But it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a diligent heart seeking for change to watch God do something to the soil. And I think it's so funny how different the church is in some ways today, like with the music. Um, All across the different eras we've had, you know, we had the banjo era in the 70s and we had, what did they have back in the book of Acts? I don't know, maybe somebody whipped out like a harp or something. They stole from David's kingdom back in the day and they played it in the book of Acts later. I don't know. And they just used their voices. And now we've got like technical backing tracks. We've got multitracks.com. We've got hip hop subs. We've got 808s. We've got all these things that have changed, but there's also some consistencies that have stayed the same. How can something so unanimous and consistent as the word of God live amongst a world? It's a reflection of the world because the world never stops changing. So how can the word survive in a world that never stops changing? That's the question today. And the enemy would love nothing more than for God's plan to have fallen back in the garden. But because God's word is alive and can't be changed, it's survived. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that when you're used to church, but then you get in a really bind with your life, you remember there's a God who loves you and there's a gospel you can go back to and that it's not always convenient, but when you're really starving for help, you remember it's still available to you. And that's not always been the case for Christianity. That's not always been the case for mankind. So it's really blessing. It wasn't so because this message can't be tampered with. It can't be corrupted because it is upheld and protected by the promise from on high that is unwavering and never changes despite cultural transformation. On the surface, the church may appear different, but one thing is true, that lives, as we'll see after church today, continue to be touched by the word of God and transformed into their heart. God's word keeps doing that. That's the core of God's mission. The gospel was never meant to be, I've been on some, I do some, some outside things to, to grow and learn. And, and, and if you want to get better, you got to always learn. And there's some, theor- there's some things out there that have made God's word so confusing that you can sound really important and, and um, intelligent to someone who doesn't know anything. But at the end of the day, the gospel wasn't meant to be so hard to understand. It was meant to be simple. So when it gets super confusing, that's usually not an indication that is the way. So what do we do to make sure we continue to know what to do? Because if we go to Google, we won't know what to do with this message. 
we won't know what to do with this gospel. What do we continue to do so we make sure God's word keeps breaking soil in the hardest of hearts, no matter what era it is, God knows what 20 years is going to look like. What, they're going to be flying churches? They're going to be hovering? You don't even know. I saw a hologram yesterday. You know they make holograms? Anybody seen one of these? Like, they are so cool. It's a fan with like an LED light. And you know what I said? I said, that's going in our church building. We're getting one of those. It was a, it was a three-dimensional hologram. And I'm like, the one seed orb, it's going in there. Put it in my cart on Amazon for later. I did that. But like, that's just an indication of like how things are going. And so not to uh, be contradictory to my last week's message, but we're still going to bring some cool things in, but we can't let it replace the fact that we need a building and some chairs and just some good old singing sometimes and some preaching first. So what do we do? What do we do to sustain this gospel? Let's go back to the word, which is going to be my title. We preach, believe, and receive. We preach, believe, and receive. No matter what time period you're living in, look to your neighbor, tell them, we preach, we believe. Come on, somebody. Receive. Come on. We preach, believe, and receive. And if you take away that core ingredient to the gospel, the gospel doesn't survive. That is what Paul said we do. No matter what happens with the lights, no matter who doesn't show up to serve, no matter, no matter what the situation is, no matter what time of year it is, no matter if it's vacation season, no matter none of that, it says you keep this gospel for, going forward by preach, believe, receive. PBR. Not that PBR, this PBR. You take that home with you, PBR, PBR. Preach, believe, receive. The truth will always stand strong when it's delivered according to his word. And that is done through preaching, believing, and receiving. It never stops, it never changes, even on Zoom. You can still preach, believe, and then receive. Well, why keep preaching, pastor? Because... I've got a catalog of every online sermon I could ever want to want to watch. I can go back and watch them on demand. Why? Well, I've got I've got I've got right now media. I've got all these tools. I've got every devotional at my fingertips in this digital library over here. I've got every asset I can. Why keep preaching? Because preaching penetrates the heart. And you can get a you can get a taste of it through online, but you can't get the real thing unless you're in the presence of God together. And yes, you can feel the presence of God online. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is online does not replace community according to God's gospel. And if you start saying it does, find it in the scriptures because it's not there. We do it together. The book of Acts didn't say, I'll see you. I'm going to be at home and you be at home and we're going to dial up together and we're going to be on Zoom together. And that's how Jesus is going to speak to us on the water and all the things. No, they did it together. Community has to be there for it to be gospel. Doesn't mean God can't touch a situation. Doesn't mean God can't, can't bring someone to their knees through repentance, through a message they saw online. Absolutely. Those are all wonderful things. But in order for this to survive, even when the paper falls, we have to preach, believe, and receive together. If we shut down God's word, that's me saying if you shut down the church, we shut down the church. You know, in Corona, 
They were saying churches were a contaminant to the progression of recovery for the community. And I, I get it, large gatherings. I get it. But it doesn't mean church is not essential. And there are some who are treating church like it was just a hobby and another go-to thing that we should trim off the list because it's not essential. But they don't know this gospel that I know that says you must continue to preach, believe, and receive. And if you take away the church, you've taken away the gospel. Is it making sense? Even if you have to social distance, preach, believe, receive. God's not the one shutting down his house. God's open for business 24-7. Whether the gym doors are open, whether the YMCA is open, YMCA, whether the church down the street's open, God is open 24-7. So when we see a shutdown happen, that's man's decision. That's a heart decision. We can shut down the gospel in our own life. People, people disappear. And then you find out six months later, they got some kind of issue with you and you didn't even know about it. So they shut down the whole gospel in their entire life over a miscommunication, over a misunderstanding. And nine times out of 10, it's not true. So when I'm talking about preaching, I'm not talking about just myself because I preach to myself. You need to learn to preach to yourself. You take this gospel and you read it to yourself. That's preaching too. You can witness to yourself. And if you start taking that element out of your life, God didn't shut that down. Why, God? Why is everything falling apart? God says, I didn't close the doors. You got to keep walking through it. Why keep preaching? Because God doesn't shut down his word. We are the one that choose that. Corona, corona has trained, not to bring it down, but be real, church attendance across the globe is suffering and it's not because the churches are no good. It's because the culture has changed into this dormant way of thinking. They've been, I mean, there's some good reason to be cautious. We're not saying that. But once the caution season has ended and it's time to move forward, we have now become softened and, 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 and changed in the way we've retrained our way of thinking about God's house. That's why when we get out of that season and we say, what is God's house? He just, Paul said it to, Tim, to Timothy, preach, believe, receive, and there's on and on more scripture. And I'm going to get to some others like Ephesians. Chapter 4, verse 11 through 12, Paul speaking here too. Now, this is really good because he says, so Christ himself, this is Christ who said this through Paul. Christ, this is Paul talking about what Christ did and said. Gave him, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the, angel, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers to equip. Everybody say equip. His people for works of service. Everybody say service. One equips, now I can think of another passage. One plants, one waters, God gives the increase. Paul's saying God himself gave the pastors, gave the evangelists, gave the, the teachers, gave the prophets to equip his people, which is all of us, which is the body who claims to be part of the transformation DNA through Christ on the cross to be equipped for service. You step, I step. Is it making sense? God didn't say, and this is not to y'all, this is to the world. God didn't say, you watch, we preach. 
God didn't say, you watch, you change the channel, you watch, you do nothing, you watch, show, show, show. That is not God's house. That is not gospel. So it's really scary with technology because we can turn this into entertainment and it's not. It's entertaining because it's real, but it's not entertainment. That's not the mission. It may entertain your attention to see someone shouting and hollering. That's because it's, it's real emotion and heartfelt truth coming out. And that's the job of these roles that he's talking about here. But he says these roles were given that you may be equipped to now go do the works of the Lord. And when I would hear that, if I was your age, Cheyenne, I would think, oh man, that's not cool. My friends, what are they going to think? But it doesn't have to be confined to what that picture looks like in your head because God's going to do it a different way. God's already doing it through you. When you wear that hat backwards that says OS at church and all her friends right now are saying, what is that hat? I want to get one. She's witnessing the gospel and she knows it, but they don't. And that's so good because she's dropping seeds on the hearts of kids in her grade. Isn't that good? Come on, give it up for Cheyenne. A child's heart. A child's heart will demonstrate. And we've got some amazing youth. We're going to see two more after service get baptized because that is the purest faith. And if you want to see God equip someone and watch his mission go into service, you just watch young people because they're not so, so full of the baggage that we older people get through the church experience that they, they're still fresh enough that God can touch them quicker. Doesn't take as long. What if we all went back to that? Oh, there was a good post. I'm just going to quote myself because it got an emoji from someone the other day. And I thought, that's good. Did I say that? Yeah, it was like a year ago. It says, what if our commitment to God looked like God's commitment to us? Can you imagine? Well, he's God and I'm just an individual and I'm busy and God don't have a job. Says the book of never, ever. No matter what translation, the never, ever book says, no, that's not so. What if our commitment to God looked like his commitment to us? Oh my Lord. Can you say OMG when it's, when it's literal? Like OMG, oh my Lord. Can you imagine? I mean, take that home with you and think about it. You just look in the mirror and say, what if my commitment to God looked like his commitment to me? Whoa, that will humble you. And that's why we have to preach it, believe it, and receive it. Because if we don't PBR through this, we won't have those aha moments. We call them revelations. Such crazy times as this. There's so much opinions and thoughts and posts about nothing. We have to remember the root of this mission, PBR. And just because I've learned this over three, three and a half years now, we've been doing this. I've learned, plus the year in my room, preaching to the wall, that's four and a half years of preaching. I've learned that just because when I don't feel it, just because when I don't think it's effective, doesn't mean God's not doing something. God did, did something miraculous behind the curtain before church started. Y'all don't know, but God does. God is doing things that, that are driving the direction of what we're doing. The church is working on things that no one knows about. Like God is doing things under the hood. So when we come out of one season, we're going to be over and abundantly flowing into the next. Y'all believe that? I know it sounds good, but do you believe that God can do that? I do, or I wouldn't, I know y'all do because you wouldn't come to church like y'all do and serve and do all your things. But there's some people I think have really given up that God really cares about them. We've had other people that we've pulled in resources from the community who just want to serve. They weren't necessarily interested in church, but we'll take any help we can get. And we've taken in people and then they don't show because they think God, God is mad at them. 
They don't even come on day one because God is mad at them. And that is not gospel. That's rejection. That's them cutting it out of their own life. God wants to use you. God wants to use anybody who has a heart for change. Because when we keep preaching this, you can ask Mike Sebastian. PJ said that so many times. I hear his his own thoughts now coming out from sermons he's heard. And it's his own heart talking. And that's so cool because when we preach it enough, we see what belief does. We see what belief does when it's been received enough. It starts growing something. That's why we call this one seed because the mission is one-on-one. We want it to multiply, but if you don't make one seed effective, it can't multiply. And so one seed at a time, we get these, these messages and these sermons and this word, and eventually something sticks. And then God gives us an aha moment, like in our closet or on the job or in a really bad season. We remember back to something the preacher said, or we remember back to someone who, who I serve with said that blessed me, that prayed for me. We remember when they prayed for me in the hallway and I had totally forgot, but they stopped me to do that. Those are the things you remember and that's what preaching does. It penetrates so then when you're ready to receive, that belief starts moving. We call it faith. What belief does. Belief is meant to go somewhere. Belief is meant to cause action. Belief is not meant to live dormant in your spiritual womb. It is supposed to grow something out of your belly that takes life of its own. That's faith. That's faith. It's belief taking action. So we encourage engagement at church. We encourage fellowship. We encourage all the things I hated, Larry, growing up about church. I encourage now because I've seen what it does to people. Because when we break through that wall of fear, then that's when God does his best work. God does his, come on somebody, that's good. God does his best work when you step in the kitchen. For real, well, they're a church plant. They need help. I'm going to keep preaching it when there's a building. I'm going to say God wants you to do something because when you get in God's kitchen, that's when he does his best work. Even if we don't have all the things we used to have, there's always a need. Maybe it's standing out by the road waving to the cars. We're going to do that. Maybe it's going to be like outreach. Maybe it's going to be events. Maybe it's going to be community events on the parking lot with like ice truck, uh, food trucks and, 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 and whatever, corona, corona ice. Oh, Lord Jesus. Kona ice. We don't want corona infested ice slurpees. We want Kona ice. And so we're going to do all those things. But what I'm saying is no matter what the season you're in, you never stop doing for God. Never. If you become complacent, that's a sign that your soil is getting stagnant. You need to restir it. We were talking, we were talking to Damon behind the curtain. Me and Damon were talking. He's, he runs the sound online. You don't see him because he's back there because the echo in here is so strong. And so he has to sit back there with his headphones so he can hear what they're hearing online. And he'll always say, what's the message about? And we kind of have a moment back there. Every service, we, 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 we fist bump. It's so cool. He's my, he's my buddy. And we were talking about the soil. We're also talking about old garments with new garments. We're talking about all these um, parables and and parallels in in the scripture in that you can't mix the old with the new. You got to go all in. And that's why we encourage to become a chef for God, not just eat off the menu because you don't really change until you get your hands dirty. And when you do that, that's what belief 
start doing, it starts manifesting, taking action. It's a seed. If you think of the first time you heard the word of God, oh, this is good. I'm, I'm going to go off the path here for a minute and hope I can bring it back. If you think about the first time you heard the word of God, you can look at it as a seed that went into your garden. Now, what happens? What do we do? It's got to be watered. It's got to grow. The Bible says out of your belly shall flow things. The spirit moves. It's because something is rooting and you don't want to leave a pregnancy in the womb. It doesn't do well. We've got a baby in the in the oven. Don't worry, I'm not going to say anything more. Michelle's like, don't tell him that. That's for Monday's gender reveal. Yeah, I know what it is, and I'm not sharing till Monday. But God forbid that if that baby stayed in the womb, it wouldn't be good. That baby was only put in the womb for the intention for it to grow out of the room. Womb. So the word of God is no different. In fact, it uses that illustration because it's so good and truthful. And every good illustration that makes sense in our carnal mind came from the gospel. Marriage, gardens, farming, babies, everything is gospel because the baby was meant to come out. The gospel was meant to come out. What went in was meant to come out because guess what? Someone's dying for a Bible baby down the street from you. Larry, you've touched on this. There's people you know, they're dying for, for that word to be in them and they don't even know it. So you're planting because you know what God has given. So it's our job to give it. And that's witnessing to your friends. That's taking it to, to, to the ends of the earth, wherever you go, even on an airplane, wherever you get to, even if it's just to the library. Mike Sebastian, he preaches, he witnesses to the Lowe's cashier and she knows him now and she'll ask questions. That's, that's awesome. It's one-on-one. That's how God multiplies it. And that's what belief was meant to do. Faith manifests according to the belief that started in our heart. And faith without works, James, the own bro- his own brother, of half-brother Jesus, James says, without works is dead. That's not to qualify our salvation or qualify Jesus' love for us through our works. That is saying the fruit of what has happened will show. That's what that means. That's why I used to make the joke about grace and people that use grace for everything. And I always say grace is the doorway, but faith has to walk through it. And there's a difference. If you live by grace alone, something's missing because he says it right here. You've been equipped to do the works of service for the Lord. And that takes faith. You step, I step. So many stop at belief. Even the demons believed. If you know someone that says, well, I believe Jesus died. I believe that's it. That's it. That's the extent of it. You can say, so did the demons. Go look at the story of Legion. They believed he was the Messiah. There's a difference between knowing who and serving who that is. Does that make sense? And so, so belief is the starting point. That's why it really matters because so many use that. They tie grace into belief and they stop there. And I believe in God's grace. Yea, go me. I'll go do whatever I want, live however I want to live. And God says, no, that was to start you down a new path. That's why you need faith. That's why James says faith without works is dead because the faith doesn't save you, but it's the fruit of what God is really doing in your garden. Is it making sense? It's good. Sometimes I got to talk to myself here because we all need preaching. We all need it. God will do something magnificent today and change your tomorrow. There's so many, like if I could just like, 
you just grab them. We know so many people that they just won't take that first step. And God just is starving for their, their attention so he can pour into them. God is not closing the door. Because remember, uh, as Kanye would put it, Chick-fil-A may be closed on Sunday, but God says, I'm open every day. Little Kaylee, she'll go, you're my Chick-fil-A. I'm like, quit quoting Kanye, you're five. <laughs> Am I joking? Am I joking? And she can't even speak it that well. She's got her syllables all goofed. Like, if you're going to say Chick-fil-A, say it correctly. Chick-fil-A. Okay? But she'll, she'll say, closed on Sunday. Yeah, my Chick-fil-A. And then she does some moves that I said are not scriptural. You need to knock that off. And she's really good at it. And I'm not sure how she's getting so good at this. So we're going to get into some kind, of, some kind of other more appropriate dance, like ballet or something. <laughs> she's crazy. Oh, what a good big sister she'll be. That's what belief does. When we keep preaching it, letting that word hit the soil, as God works in your heart, belief will start to occur. It's no longer data to you that you've received. It becomes a belief to you. You start believing what the preacher's saying. You're no longer looking at him like he's crazy. Why does he do this? I'm on to the next place. You start listening to what's behind the words of the message and start believing it. And now you're like, I want to start something. I want to like go to a Bible study. I want to do a small group. I want to do something. That's what belief does. Preach, believe, and now it's time that we receive. Jesus was received up in his glory, the Bible says. Everything God asks us to do, he is mirrored for us through the plan of salvation, through the plan of redemption. He received up the plan of Christ into the heavens as we should receive up God's word through belief. It starts there. And when we do that, we will start receiving the most unexpected changes in our life. Like, I didn't know that God could be so good. I didn't know that God could take care of that thing that I thought I could take care of on my own until it got really bad. And I finally got to this point. I didn't know that God could really change the course of that problem to where it's non-existent in my life today. I didn't know that someone really could be healed. I know that we would pray and do these things, but when you see it happen and there's no explanation for it, God starts doing the unexpected because we started receiving his word. It says, be not um, hearers only, but doers of the word. That is what's called receiving. You hear it, and that's when the belief starts, but when you do, now you've received it. Does that make sense? Because now you're doing what you've heard. That belief sparked movement. That's reception. Receiving the unexpected. This, this God thing is better than I thought. The blessings are bigger than I thought. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you something funny personally for me. I really wanted a baby for so long. I said, yeah, let's have another five, no, number five. And then when you finally give that up, now it kind of intimidated me. Is that weird? I thought I'm 42 and I'm going to be starting with one. That means when, when this baby is Chloe's age, she's going to be 22 years old. 
and I'm going to be 53, and that's all good if you got some old dads out there. It's all good. I'm just saying, for me, it was weird because I got through that season and had finally closed the door on it, so then I got actually intimidated when God said, okay, here's the blessing, and I said, I wanted the blessing, and then when he gave it to me, I got a little nervous. You see how God does that? But just because I got nervous for it doesn't mean I don't still want it and doesn't mean I'm not still dedicated to the commitment for it. But if we ever lose that nerve, that's the danger zone. And so God never quits reminding you of your dependency on him. We've got to always feel a little bit of that tension, a little bit of that discomfort to know that God is in it. Because if we lose complete fear, if I never had any anxiety to preach up here, I would no longer be dependent on Jesus. If I didn't look at these notes and worry about not thinking about what I was going to say right and something stupid come out because it's not like it's never happened before that I would no longer be dependent on God giving me strength and so I can never let that happen so out of fear I always carry just a little bit of fear I mean I'm a little bit I'm a lot more comfortable than I used to be but I never lose the fear completely because I know I gotta have that that matters that's where you want to be in your walk you don't want to live in fear I'm talking about that little bit edge of discomfort that borderline circle of, of comfort. And, and when you've been living in somewhere long enough and it just becomes status quo to you, it's time to get out of that box. You weren't meant to stay the same. That's why we have seasons. You weren't meant to just be a church goer forever. You were meant to get out there because now church has equipped you to do something great and do something bigger than you ever thought God could do. Y'all with me? Come on, somebody. God will do it. We'll start seeing the unexpected when we start receiving off of our belief. Y'all can stand this morning. I'm going to wrap up here. I'm not going to wrap up here. I'm going to wrap up what I'm saying. Though I could, we could wrap. We could. We talked about some Kanye, the clean Kanye, the blue album. But I won't wrap because I want you to come back possibly. That would be amazing. I love it. Raw emotion from the youth. I love it. God will never stop delivering blessings that will blow your mind. Like, yeah, yeah, I can't even talk about them all. There's so many amazing things that no one knows about but me and Michelle, just in our personal life, throughout like maybe the worst church season in the history of church, except we didn't get hung upside down and crucified our heads cut off or nothing like that so like after all that ended like maybe now corona was the worst year ever like i don't know but what i'm saying is through that season like there's so many amazing things god god has done with people we've met and connected with all over the country other pastors other people that i said wow i never thought they would be in our path and they actually care about what we're doing what's wrong with them we're not, we're not, I'm, here's, here's my flesh. I'm not significant enough for them to care like that. But they do because they know the mission. And that relights the fire under a pastor who can preach to an empty room and has. 
that relights the fire in your walk. Because when you feel like it's not enough, you're not good enough. God says, I want to blow your mind, Cheyenne. Emily, I'm going to blow your mind. When everything around me looks like no one cares, it looks like it's not enough. God says, I'm going to pull you out of that mess and do something bigger in your life. You just got to believe it and act on it. And you're doing that by being here. And it's never too, you're never too old for that. You can be in your 70s and God's going to blow your mind with something that you didn't think he could ever use you for because you shut down the church in your heart. God says, don't shut me down because I'm open. I'm open. And I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to leave you with this. Why would we doubt someone who would hang on? Now catch this, our cross. Why would we doubt what God can do who would go hang on our cross? That wasn't his cross he was hanging on. Just because he hung on it doesn't mean it was for him. It was for our sin. He was sinless. He was born of the Spirit. He could not carry the seed of sin through the Father's lineage because he had no earthly father. So we know he was sinless because he was flesh. It doesn't matter because he had no earthly father. The seed of sin from the garden all the way through came through the dad. And he didn't have one of those because he was the Father incarnate. And so, so that cross is our cross. The one he carried up the hill was your cross. The one that he he carried while they were thumping him with the with the um, you know the the spiky whips and the, that's not the technical term and the thorns and everything that was all of our cross combined as one. They said in the garden he took on the weight of the world of sin. Do you know what it's like to weep on behalf of someone else's pain and sin? No, neither do I. But that's what Jesus had to go through. That's how much he loves you. So if you know that he was willing to carry up your cross, you can put your name on it. PJ's cross, he was willing to carry that up. Then I know he's going to be bringing a blessing in some season of my life, and I'm going to quit worrying about it because it's bigger than I can even manifest in my own mind of conception because God's bigger than that. He has no counselor. So if I can believe that and I can see that, there's no different for you. He can do that for you, and he will because if he was willing to go on your cross for you, he will bless you when you believe. Preach, believe, receive. Let's say it together. Preach, believe, receive. We're going to keep preaching, believing, receiving. When the lights don't work, we're going to keep preaching, believing, receiving. When the pandemic happens, we're going to preach, believe, receive. In the basement, we're going to keep doing it. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads, and then we're going to go baptize at 12 o'clock today on the back patio. Don't forget to go out the hallway here to get to the patio or take the front doors. It's going to be good. And if you've never seen a baptism, I want you to come see this. It's going to change your heart. I promise you, it's such a special moment. God, we give you thanks right now that we have this opportunity, Lord, to pray without persecution, to believe without, without residual impact from the enemy, God. We have this opportunity to go out of your house today and take it into the waters that we shall be washed clean from that ugliness, that we're going to baptize some people in the only name given among men that we can be saved. And that's Jehovah saves. Jesus, the Christ, shall be on them from this day forward. We are going to wash them free of that sin because your name is forever etched on those little babies' hearts and on Ashley's hearts. It's forever etched on them because they're professing today what you're doing in them. And because when they step, you step. And we give thanks for that because you're a God who is faithful, who keeps moving. And we can never forget that. And we will continue to push the plow. And if the house of God could say, in Jesus' name, everybody say it together. Amen.